Welcome to the BC Podcast, featuring a weekly message from Believer's Church in Warren, Ohio. For more information, visit www.believers.cc. This is Asking for a Friend, and years ago when I accepted Christ, I was 19 years old, two months away from turning 20, and I accepted Christ. Then I wanted to get into a church, so I began to look for a church, and uh, I found one, and it was a cool church, much smaller than our church, but it was full of young people, and that, that, that made me feel good. I saw young people in the church, and I fell in love with this church. I fell in love with the pastor. I fell in love with the singing, the worship, and I became really sold out and involved in the church, not knowing anything. I didn't know a scripture, but I just felt like, I want to I help. I want to be involved. So I worked nurseries. We call that Kids for God. I worked with toddlers, and they had three services, Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. So either Sunday night or Wednesday night, I was in the toddler room uh, chasing, you know, toddlers around, uh, not knowing anything about how to handle kids. And, uh, and, and then I became the Sunday school uh, teacher. I was co-teacher with a girl. Her name was Mary Jo. And we did the junior high Sunday school. So I'm teaching junior high kids. And uh, I was sold out. I never missed a service in three years uh, because I was too poor at that time to go on vacation. So I was always in town, and, and I was there Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and I absolutely loved church. And then right around the three-year mark, the church had this big split, and a bunch of people left, and they started another church. And I stayed at the church, but I only stayed there a couple of weeks because it went ballistic. Unfortunately, the pastor brought it to the pulpit, and that's that's just yucky when you, when you bring it up to the pulpit. And after a couple of weeks, I just thought, I, I don't want to go with the other group, but I, I just have to go. And I talked with the pastor very respectfully, and I just said, hey, it, it's just time for me to go. Uh, um, and so I, I stayed home for three weeks. And after staying home for three weeks, I was going crazy. I, I had to have church. It was like, I can't live without church. I love church. Church is my life. So I heard about another church that started on the other side of town. And uh, I went, and I did the same thing there until I went to Bible school. Um, I just absolutely hooked up 100%. And what we're going to talk about today is I've had this question asked to me over and over by people saying, I'm going to ask this for a friend. And the question is this, why is church such a big deal? And this is a great question, especially in the day and age in which you and I live, because we live in a day and age where people don't understand commitment. They don't understand how God created the church, why the church is created. So I thought this is a good question for me to tackle. And I realized there's a, a large portion of you guys that you're like me. You're sold out. You've been sold out. You guys are incredible uh, blessings to the church. So this is going to help all of us like myself. It just makes us more aware, takes us to another level. But also what it does is it gives us some uh, ammunition, so to speak, to minister life to people that don't understand it, because God's called us to speak into other people's lives. Then there are some of you, you were hurt by a church. Now, I know what that feels like because I was hurt at a church, and, and, and you're healing, so I encourage you, heal up, and, and, uh, but don't, don't make it take 10 years, you know, you're healing, but heal up and let God minister to you. There's others, you, you've been nominal on the fringes, maybe for years, and, and a message like this, I want to encourage you. I want to show you that it's impossible to grow uh, all the way and become spiritually mature without being connected to the chur a church. And for some of you, you're so new, 
or maybe you don't even know that you love Jesus yet or you don't even know who he is, what a great lesson for you because you're going to be able to understand what church is all about. And I, I came up with this idea. This is what I want to bring across today. Your life is shaped by your commitments. It, it, it's true. It's true in our everyday life. It's true in our spiritual life. Your life is shaped by your commitments. And I, I got to thinking about this, so I wanted to give you a couple. How many of us can agree you can't buy a house without making a commitment, right? You have to sign on a dotted line. Even to rent, you have to sign on a dotted line. Uh, is there anyone out there that is saying, hey, just come live at my house, uh, no commitment, just live there as long as you want? No, you and I have to make a commitment to have a house. How about this one? You can't buy a car without making a commitment. And is there anyone in this room that's bold enough to go to a dealer this week and say, hey, I'd like you to just let me drive one car a week. I'll just drive it a week and then bring it back and you give me another one. I don't believe there's anyone in this room that thinks that would work unless the dealer is your dad. Now, how about this? You can't have a job without making a commitment, right? When you, when you go to have a job, they say, hey, you have to clock in. We want you in by 8. We want you to leave at 4. You have to make a commitment. Our life is shaped by commitments. And years ago, we had this, this young man here. And I loved him so much. He was so talented. And, uh, but, but we hired him to work 40 hours a week. He had to clock in. And he averaged about 30 hours a week. And the reason he missed 10 hours is he'd come in an hour and a half, two hours late. He'd, he'd leave early. And I told his supervisors, he needs refathered. So let's give this guy a chance. He, he's had, let's see if we can salvage him. So I said, let's refather him. And they're working on him. And a, about a year passes. And one day, he, ma he makes an appointment with me. And I'm wondering, why, why, why did he make an appointment with me? I'm not a supervisor, immediate supervisor. And he comes in, he says, Pastor Joe, I don't know why you haven't fired me yet. He says, if I were you, I would have fired me. And, and I just start laughing. I said, well, here's why I haven't uh, fired you. I'm trying to grow you. And I, I, I just, I, I wanted you to be developed. And he just said, it's, it's not going to work. I'm, I'm not going to get up to come to work. And and he says, I just can't clock in. And, and so I fired him since he asked me to uh, that day. Uh, and we're still friends, so just so you know that. Uh, great young man, great young man. And how about this? You can't get married without making a commitment, right? How would Gina have responded if I said, hey, Gina, I think you're beautiful, and I'd like you to be my weekend wife, and then I'm going to have a, a weekday wife. How many think that would have worked? It wouldn't work if she said that to me. It wouldn't work if you said it to your mate. Don't we have to make a commitment? Yeah, we, we say, hey, I'm giving my life to you, and we're, we're going to live our life together. Your life is shaped by your commitments. And, and the problem, I think, today spiritually with Christians is they don't realize that this works the same way with God. God created this. And Today, because of the society we live in, I think part of it is the freedom of information, which is good and positive. But sometimes we think, I can get what I need without church, because isn't it true there's incredible pastors out there teaching? Uh, there's incredible teachers out there, free. Their podcasts, uh, TV, the internet, there's so much free material, you don't have to. When I was first a Christian, you had to buy everything. And now you can just listen to anything. For, it's and I, I have about four guys that I listen. I pick out on these four guys. I listen to them all the time because they're good and they feed me and I love it. But 
that's not just what church is about. And that's what I, I want to help you see. There's other benefits to church, and that's really important to understand. So uh, take a look at this. God wants us 100% committed to Him. And when I get to thinking about a local church, I just naturally hooked up. I, I didn't have a scripture. I just said, this is nice, man. I love worship. I like, love hearing the Bible, and I like the people were awesome, and I thought, I have new friends. I lost all my friends when I accepted Jesus. So I thought, I have some new friends, and this is really cool. And I, I just did it by instinct. But as I began to study the Bible, you know, God compares Christians to sheep. He uses that analogy. And he compares pastors to shepherds. And the Bible teaches that every Christian has to be hooked up with a flock, not out of works, not out of obligation, in order to be spiritually healthy and to grow all the way. And today, because you can see so much you know, online, you think, well, I don't need that. And I'll share a story with you to help you understand how much we do. But God's asking for 100% commitment, and that commitment first starts in our hearts, not with you committing to church first, but committing to God and saying, God, you own me. It's interesting how we come into the kingdom, guys. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10, if you believe in your heart that God raised Christ from the dead and you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you'll be saved. The word saved means you become a Christian, your sins are washed away, God gives you the gift of eternal life. Did you notice there's a confession with our mouth that Jesus is Lord? The word Lord means supreme ruler. And what God's asking from you and I He's not asking you to do it with me. He's not asking you to do it with our church. He's asking you first and foremost with him. He wants you to sell out and say, you know what? And this is what Christianity this, uh, is about. This is where discipleship begins. God, you're the boss. I'm going to read this Bible and find out what you want. And sometimes when we read it, I, I don't like what he wants. I'd rather do it a different way. But that's selling out. That's 100% commitment. So listen to what the scripture says, Romans 12:1. So brothers and sisters, since God has shown us great mercy, I beg you to offer your lives as a living sacrifice. That's, Lord, Lord my life isn't mine, it's yours. And, and he says, do it to him. Your offering must be only for God and pleasing to him, which is the spiritual way for you to worship. Now, I think that's interesting. I love worship, like the songs we sang today. I love that. I just love to worship God like that. But did you know another way to worship is by saying, Lord, my life is a sacrifice or I'm sold out. And this is what God's looking for. So when you sell out to God, one of the things you'll do, if you sell out in your heart, you'll sell out to what he's created. And he created church and he said, hey, I want you to hook up with a church. Why? Well, you can be protected, you can grow. Uh, and I'm going to show you, I'm going to give you five reasons why you want to connect to a church because your life is shaped by your connections. And this is life-changing for those that don't understand it. For all of us that do, it brings a smile to my face, like, yeah, I watched that happen in my life. That's absolutely amazing. And I want to be honest with you, I have not yet found a perfect church. We don't allow any perfect people in our church, and that includes me. So we're not perfect. We try our best. I'm really quick to repent. If I ever make a mistake, I'll repent real quick um, and just say, hey, I, that was wrong. I won't say that. I won't do that again. But there's no such thing as a perfect church, but God wants us to commit to a church. So here's reason number one. To stand strong, we must commit to worshiping with a church family. Now, I'm not talking about singing. Worshiping just means we commit to just coming to church. It's just part of our routine. 
And in order to stand strong, that's something that we have to do. Listen to this. And I hope what I'm about to read, I hope this is what you think of believers, okay? It, it says this, Psalm 122.1, I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. This, this is supposed to be a place where you're pumped up and you're encouraged. Every now and then you have to teach something that people, you know, say, ah, you know, I don't believe that way, but I'll give us some thought. That happens and that's cool. And uh, that's how God grows us. He challenges us. But the majority of the time, the idea of church is you come in to be energized. And that's the idea of why you come to church. It makes you stronger. And I can tell you after worship today, I was, I was pumped up. I, w- I was energized. I've I feel, I, I feel life because we sang and worshiped God. And after a message, God wants you to be pumped up. He wants you to be excited. He wants you to grow. And I kind of think of the movie Rocky. Uh, I love all the Rocky movies. And the first one was a classic. Second one, they're just classics. And can you all agree that when Rocky got in the ring, he was pummeled? Right? He, he was pummeled. He should have never won, but he was pummeled. Just pummeled, pummeled, pummeled. And... and uh, but he'd go to his corner, and you remember Mick? Mick was his trainer, the older man. He was the penguin in the, you know, the, bat, the original Batman. And Mick's his trainer, and, and, uh, and he would come there, and he's dying, and they'd put some, throw some water on him, and then Mick's in his ear. You can do it, Rocco. You can knock his block off, Rocco. And he's just, and Rocky gets up for that next round, and he's energized. And I really believe church is like that. You know, you're coming in. Can you agree life beats us down? Life beats us up. And one of the reasons you come to church is for that experience. And here's what I noticed about church. And, and I noticed this for me because I'll go to service, especially like if we're out of town on a vacation, I'll go sit in a church because I want to learn and I want to I be in church where I don't have one responsibility. That's really fun. I can, I can worship better and I don't have to think, what's my next transition? What do I have to say at this time? What do I have to say at that time? And I can just sit there and enjoy it. I love being with a corporate body. I've found that every time you're in a corporate body, it just takes everything up times 10. There's just some kind of increase uh, life that's when we're all together because God's inside all of us and kind of like when we come, and, and there's, no, there's no other way to experience it but, but, but in church. H- how about the second one? To discover our identity, we must commit to fellowshipping within a church family. Uh, can you agree that if somebody was born and never met another human being, they wouldn't know who they were. <laughs> when, when I was in junior high, I loved Tarzan of the Apes books, the ones that Edgar Rice Burroughs wrote, not the comic books, but the novels. And I read, I think there's 35 of them or something. I read every one at least five times, some of them way more. And I would just read and read those books. And it, to me, I just love the whole adventure, the whole thought at that age of, you know, growing up and being Tarzan and being tough, you know, and I could do his, ah, I can't do it anymore, but I could do it really good when I was young. But, you know, if you look at his life, he, he was abandoned or his parents were killed and he's an infant. He was picked up by a mama ape and she raised him and he thought he was an ape uh, because he identified with who he hung out with, with who he fellowshiped with. And that's how it is in, in the body of Christ. Listen to Romans 12 verse 4. It says, in this way, we are like the various parts of a human body. Each part gets its meaning from the body as a whole, not the other way around. So as, as, as you fellowship within a church and you begin to interact in a church, uh, you begin to understand who you are and what you are. I like verse 5. Each of us, referring to Christians, finds our meaning and function 
as a part of his body, that's the local church, but as a chopped off finger or a cut off toe, we wouldn't amount to much, would we? And all God's saying is we were, we're better together. That's one of our core values here. And he's just saying, hey, you need to connect in order to even have an identity. You don't want to be like Tarzan of the apes and think you're an ape. Uh, thankfully, Jane came along and caught his attention. And hopefully, church can be your Jane. And you say, I need to get in church. I need to be part of a church. Hey, here we go. Number three. <laughs> to, to get <laughs> I don't know if that worked or not, but let's go on. <laughs> Just so you know, I didn't say it last night. Here we go. Uh, <laughs> to grow spiritually, and I won't say it in a second. To grow spiritually, we must commit to uh, interacting within a church family. And, uh, you know, as we said earlier, there's no perfect people in church. And you and I need to have best friends. We need to have close friends. And those are the people we click with. You all have someone you click with. And that's good. You need that. And those are the uh, relationships that energize us. We have to have those. We can't have all en uh, relationships that are ruffling our feathers. But what's cool about church is you come, you begin to get involved, and you're not picking who you work next to. You're not picking who you interact with. And, and that's necessary to grow. You can't grow unless you get yourself in that type of environment. And listen to what 1 John 4, 7, and 8 say. Dear friends, let us practice loving each other, for love comes from God, and those who are loving and kind show that they are children of God, and I like this last part, and they are getting to know him better. Did you notice he says practice? Love something that has to be practiced, and you have to interact in order to practice it, and, and, and I, I think we can all agree, even in our marriages, right, even with our kids, even with our parents, there are times when we have to choose to be kind and walk in love because they'll ruffle feathers sometimes, right? Gina never ruffles mine, but I ruffle hers constantly, and, and, uh, uh, so pray for her, because she lives with me. But and again, in church, it's amazing what happens. How about verse 8? But if a person isn't loving and kind, it shows that he doesn't know God, for God is love. So what's the ultimate spiritual growth? Knowing God. And he says, you, you don't know God till you can love people, and you can love people that aren't lovable to you. It's the only way you're going to grow spiritually. So that's what's so wonderful about church. So I, I got to thinking about this. Uh, how about this first one? You can only learn forgiveness in relationships, right? If you don't have any relationships, all, all, you, have, all you can do is forgive yourself, and we don't typically do that. How about this? You can only learn loyalty in relationships. And so you, you become loyal to one of God's churches, whether it's here or somewhere else, and you learn loyalty in relationships. How about this? You can only learn love in relationships, which is what we saw in our scripture. I like this one. You can only learn kindness in relationships. That's where you learn to be kind to people you don't want to be kind to. And how about this? You can only learn faithfulness in relationships. And there's a part of us in our character that God really wants to develop, and I believe local churches help us develop that. How about this? You can only learn sharing in relationships. I'm going to tell you a story. When I was in Bible school, um, <clears throat> I had three close friends. Uh, I had many friends, but these were three of my close friends. And none of them went to church on Sunday or Sunday night or Wednesday night. And uh, they just didn't go to church. And, and I jumped in church like I did at my first church. So I'm there all three services. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a counselor uh, during services for people that accept Christ. We would take them in a room and counsel them. So I'm doing that. I'm, I'm 
I'm the singles pastor, so I'm coming out on Thursday nights on top of that to be singles pastor. And of course I was single, so I had, I had time. Uh, I figured I'll get in trouble if I don't stay busy. And so I, I just threw myself in 100%. And my friends didn't even go to Sunday service. And I talked to them, I said, guys, you're going to be ministers. You, you don't go to church. You're in Bible school and you're going to be a minister in the, when you graduate and you're not even going to church. And here's what they would tell me. I get all the teaching I need through the week. I'm sitting in class after class. I don't need any more teaching. And I would look at them and I would say, guys, church is more than just teaching. That's important, but it's more than that. And I really believe that's happening today with what I said at the beginning. There's so much incredible teaching available. Um, I mean, I just ate up so many podcasts this week, and I love them. But that's not enough. And these guys thought, well, I get enough teaching, but that's not all the church is about. And that's what I'm trying to show you today. But here's why I share the story. You ready? None of them succeeded in ministry, and none of them are in ministry today. Something happened. Something didn't go right, and that's because they didn't grow spiritually. Spiritual growth comes from committing to a church. Uh, how about this one? To experience significance, we must commit to serving within a church. And this one's really important because significance is important. Listen to 1 Peter 4.10. Uh, Each of you has received a gift, and notice what it's for, to use to serve others. Be good servants of God's various gifts of grace. And significance comes, man, when we begin to serve and, and, and live our life for something bigger than ourselves. And I always like to mention these categories so everybody in the room can, be, be un, can understand. The majority of Christians will serve within their local church. That's where you're going to volunteer. Uh, you will have some people that uh, their serving is in the community, like politicians. They're putting all their extra time uh, into the community. So they'll come to church on a weekend as a Christian but they can't donate any time. Or you have coaches. We have so many coaches in our church, and you know what their ministry is? And their ministry is working with those kids, and whenever a door opens, they're speaking. So that's where they're, they're putting 20 hours extra a week into coaching, so they're not able to put a lot of time into volunteering. And then there's some folks in our church, you're volunteering for ministries, not churches, but they're parachurch ministries, and that's incredible. But the rest of us, if we're not doing those things and putting our energies into those things, uh, in, in order for you to find significance, you have to hook up with something bigger than yourself. And there's this incredible book out. Uh, I, I'd encourage you to read it. Uh, it's called, If I'm So Successful, Why Do I Feel Like a Fake? The Imposter Phenomenon. And this book was written for successful people. These are people that have money, uh, they have fame, they have success but they don't have significance. And this book addresses why. And I want to just give you this in a nutshell. This is pretty easy. This, I call it the three levels of living. And it goes like this. Level one is surviving, just getting by. And that's how I was in Bible school. I was, it just, I was dog paddling just to live. And, 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 uh, and then that's how I was when I started the church, just dog paddling. The church wasn't able to pay me enough to, you know, not struggle at first, and, and then they began to pay me better. But I chose to pioneer, and that's what happens when you do that. Uh, two, uh, level two is success. That's I have things, status, fame, options. And, and that's the American dream, right? That's, that's the dream of um, Americans, success. But when people reach it, that's what this book's about. They're still empty because they don't have significance. And here's the third level, significance. 
I've given my life away to something bigger than myself. And that's where you find significance. And I get excited when I think about what we're able to do as a church. And I want to piggyback off this with my last point. Here's my last point, guys. To fulfill the Great Commission, we must commit to a local church's vision. There's no way that you and I as individuals can go into all the world, and it's just impossible for us. But if we all join together, we can do our part as a local church. So here's the power of working together. You ready? Three things. When we work together, we maximize our impact. My impact by itself, without, without all our volunteers here, without you guys giving, without everybody helping, my impact would be tiny, tiny. Uh, you may think I'm the guy that's doing it all up here, but I'm not. There's, there's so many people working behind the scenes. and I, I'm, just, I'm just a part of what's happening. I have the privilege of speaking, but that, that's, that's it. But think about how we maximize our impact, guys. Um, I, want, I want to give you a, a few stats, okay? Um, this year, compared to last year at this time, we have had a 20% jump in attendance at Believer's Church. Now, now, here's why that's important. That's about 50% of the people that hook up to believers are unchurched people. So I want you to think about all those people that weren't, didn't even know God. We're connecting them with God. How, how about this? Our water baptisms. We had that huge water baptism on Easter weekend, the weekend after. 240 plus people water baptized. Do you know that for our baptism in two weeks, we already have 50 people signed up? That's amazing. These are people that are saying, I'm going public for Jesus. Many of them have accepted Christ right here what, during our services. That's something to be excited about. Here's another one. 24, it's actually 25%, just under 25, but I'll say 25. We had a 25% increase in our connect groups uh, this year compared to last year at this time. Now, let me tell you why I'm excited about that. That's where discipleship happens at the highest level, and that means we're connecting people with God and we're turning people in, into fans, friends, and then ultimately that's where we're turning people into followers of Christ. Guys, I think we should take just a moment. Can we give it up to God for what he's doing through? You're, you're maximizing your impact, man. How about this? When we work together, we minimize our failures. You know, I've pastored this church for 32 years, so here's what I know. Just like in sports, you know, I, I was rooting so much for the Cavs this year and LeBron was amazing, and, uh, and the team was amazing, but they, they had two superstars injured, and, 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 uh, and, and so for what they did was amazing, and you know, the same thing happens in church. We have, we have members that become injured by life. Maybe a loved one dies. Maybe they're dealing with something physically in their bodies. Something's going on, and you know what's cool? When you're part of a church, even when you have to sit on the sidelines, you minimize your failure because the church is still succeeding. So if you've been on the sidelines because of challenges, isn't it exciting to know because you're hooked up at Believers, everything I just shared a moment ago, you're part of it. You minimize your failures when you're hooked up with a bigger group. And then I like this, when we work together, we mobilize our resources. And I think about how incredible it is that in the next two years, we've already hit $5 million, just right under $5 million. I think about what we're going to do with 210, and it's absolutely unbelievable. So that last segment is all about the Great Commission, which is bring them to Christ, grow them in Christ. And I want to tell you, it's really fun <coughs> hitting, like this August will be 32 years. And here's what's fun about it. I understand. I see a big picture 
And I get so excited when I think about us launching campuses and I think about us reaching our community and I think about us connecting people with God and, and, and it's like, God, I understand. I know how to do this. I figured it out. Lord, it, this, this is what we have to do. Lord, we can reach this community. We can reach our loved ones and it's, ex, it's an exciting time to be alive. And guess what? If you're part of it, you're receiving all the rewards for everything that we're going to do as a church. Can we all say that's pretty exciting? That's exciting, guys. So let me close it up. Let's pray. Lord, we love you so much. And I know for some, I just, I just preach to the choir, Lord. For many, I'd say the majority. And for others, Lord, thank you. You're going to help all of us go up a notch. And Lord, right now, I think this is the key issue right now. Our lives are shaped by our commitments. Our commitments shape our lives. So, Lord, the most important thing is for us as Christians to say, I'm 100% sold out and committed to you, God. God, you're my Lord. And right now, if you're here and you say, Pastor Joe, there's some areas in my life where that's not happening, or Pastor Joe, I, I'm not there, but I'm ready. You've touched my heart with this message. I need to worship God by offering my life up as a sacrifice. I don't know what that's going to look like for you, but... The first step is just saying, Lord, I give you 100% of my heart. And Lord, you're the Lord of my life. I'm not the boss. I accepted Jesus. You're my boss now. Pastor Joe's not my boss, but you're my boss, Jesus. And I surrender my life 100% to you. And while Christians are just having that interaction, so many of you are already there. If you're here and you're not sure of your forever, I want you to listen real close. I'm not asking you to join our church. I'm not asking you if you grew up in a Christian church. I'm not asking you if you're water baptized as a baby or an adult. Everything I just said, they're all good things. Here's what I'm asking you. Can you remember a day in your life when you made it personal and from your heart you said, Jesus, I believe. And Jesus, I make a commitment to follow you. I see you for who you are. You're the Savior. If you're here and you say, Pastor Joe, I prayed a lot of rote prayers in church and I've been in church or maybe I'm an atheist, maybe I'm agnostic, I'm not sure, whatever. But you say, Pastor Joe, I can't remember that day, but I'm ready today. My heart was touched by being in this service. I believe Jesus is the Savior. If you're here and that's you, would you pray with me right now? Everyone else in the room, would you help them out? Say this after me. Say, Lord God, I repent for all my sins. And this day, I give my heart to Jesus. Jesus, I believe. And this day, I confess that you're my Lord. I give you my life. Amen. Thank you for listening to the BC Podcast. Follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram to stay updated, inspired, and encouraged.